hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Caitlin, do you want to do the intro or should I? Um, I'll do it because it's my job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> In the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John, and we have a, a special guest f- with us today in our bunkers. It is me, Jacob. <laughs> Hello, Jacob. How Hello. are you doing? Jacob, I'm good. introduce yourself. Um, I am Jacob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I am. Wow. Uh, Mostly freelance office PA in Los Angeles from Philly. No, John and Caitlin from Temple. Uh, it is my first time on a podcast, making me officially the last white guy in LA to be on a podcast. I know. I'm honestly hey. shocked that you don't have several podcasts already. I can't keep track of the podcasts I subscribe to. Like, I'm sorry to my friends who have podcasts, but the way no, you not. you talk about movie and TV, it's like your second language is just cinema. And that's why it shocks us that you're not, like, on a podcast talking about that. Yeah, why you don't have a podcast of your own is kind of shocking. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, honestly, I think this is a waste of time. (laughs) Why you guys spend your time on this? I'm kidding. No, I mean, I would not listen to my podcast on Move. (laughs) Oh, I... (laughs) Okay. You guys have a podcast on Riverdale. I'm like, ooh, that's something. I certainly don't listen to our podcast on Riverdale, not because I don't love our podcast, but because I've lived it, you know, like John Mayer, when Jessica Simpson, like uh, wrote about him in her book, everyone asked him like, oh, John Mayer, did you read the book? And he said, no, why would I read the book? I lived the book. That's also, how I feel, I feel about like, our podcast. Also, I feel like Jessica Simpson, probably not a great writer. No, she's great. Honestly, really? Jessica Simpson wrote a really good, very powerful mem- memoir. And I think that we all really discredited Jessica Simpson because of her fucking 19-year-old reality show persona. But, like, honestly, she's made, like, a billion dollars. She, um, you know, she really hasn't done anything that terrible. She has, like, a family. She's just, you know, living her life. And now she finally gets to tell her truth. And it turns out that men are trash, like I've long suspected. In the bunker. Jacob, Amazing. you came to us with an idea for this episode. Yeah, tell us about that. You both about like three minutes apart messaged me, what would you want to do an episode on? I was like, oh my God, there's so much pressure. And I remember, I think back in season one, I suggested this because um, back in season one, one of the episodes uh, towards the end of the season was called To Riverdale and Back Again, named after this 1990 TV movie that was kind of last attempt at bringing the Archie universe to television. Yeah, this was well, clearly a pilot, last, right? The last before the Sabrina... Yes, this was intended as a pilot. Um, Jesus apparently, Christ. Apparently CBS um, was like, hey, can we have this in like five months? Or is that even? It was very rushed writing and production. Really? It seemed so clear <laughs> we put together. <laughs> Speaking of... Archie to Riverdale and back again was written by Evan Katz. It is his first writing credit on IMDb. He's also written some episodes of Jag, uh, episodes of 24 and The Event, and 24 Live Another Day, 24 India, and 24 Legacy. What's 24 India? I I don't know. (laughs) 
I mean, okay. it, it must be a, is it a remake series? Yeah, I think it's just an Indian, um, uh, like, like 24. Good like, for I think them. it's 24. I think it's, oh my God. I think the lead is, uh, he, he was like the Regis in, 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 in Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, yes. Fantastic. I, uh, it was I, I know that actor's name, but I can't think of it. Dick Lowry. Yes. Who, so Dick Lowry. Please tell mo- me. Mostly a TV movie director, including Project Alf, uh, the TV movie finale of Alf. Um, he had. Um, he also did a series of TV movies. You know the Kenny Rogers song, "The Gambler." No. Um, like, uh, which one? That's a uh, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. Uh, the Gambler is a uh, no. Is it no one to fold them? No one to walk away. That one. Yeah, that that song. Okay. So they had did three different TV movies based on the song "The Gambler," um, starring Kenny Rogers. Three different ones. Did he yeah. direct like, all three? I believe so. Oh my god! He had one theatrical movie, as far as I can tell, which is "Smokey and the Bandit 3, which is this weird, like, urban legend of a movie because it was originally announced as Smokey is the Bandit, and the rumor, like, the rumor is that they were going to have uh, Jackie Gleason playing both Smokey and the bandit <laughs> and they shot it and they were like, this is incomprehensible. So they did a more standard scene. and no one has ever <laughs> seen the original version. In the bunker. I love the ad for the special that's um we watched it on youtube thank you youtube yeah it's just uh, for free on youtube guys you could watch this too i don't know why it I, I understand why it's there. free on yeah. youtube i 100 percent understand why it's free on youtube crazy this isn't on netflix i mean crazy really you know, TBS all access with the animated archie's weird mystery show which i also watched an episode of i like that this is clearly the first attempt to yeah make a make a grown-up archie series but when they heard grown up, they were like, yeah, sad. It needs to be a sad and bummer Archie series. It is sad. It is. I was, I was really astonished because that's kind of a thing with all of these legacy sequels. That's, hey, what's everyone up to 20 years later? There is usually some kind of a reset. Han Solo's back to being a smuggler. Like Gail and Dewey are still having marital issues. There's it the weird thing with always bringing these characters into the future or even the present is you have to get rid of the happy ending. Right. Yeah. This is, is this sad guys? Yes. Is, did anyone feel anything for these people? I feel like, um, (laughs) yeah, like I was sad for them. (laughs) Like, Jesus, this is sad. (laughs) Sam right, Whipple. right. I felt that. That Sam I felt. Whipple, who plays Jughead, imbues the character with so much. I felt so much pity for him. Mm-hmm. I loved. Okay, I want to say something. Also, off, off saying the, the hat doesn't show up at all in this movie. That's no. so true. No, nowhere. Jughead, easily the best part of this movie. By far and away, the most enjoyable part of this film is the portrayal of Jughead as a neurotic psychiatrist i i really liked his first scene where Love like it. you think he's the patient and then they're like yes! we have a page for dr jones and like he's like oh that's me that was that I really was hilarious that. but that his was son so is funny. a goddamn nightmare 
Yeah, Which, they should they should get rid of that son now. Is this after Problem Child? I feel like they someone was just like, "Hey, let's just do a Problem Child ripoff with Jughead." Son. Like you could see this character existing in the Archie comics, but like as a child who terrorizes teenagers, yeah, that's kind of funny, and like you can get away with it. But a child who terrorizes full grown middle aged adults. 40-year-olds playing 30, 33-year-olds, I think. Uh, <laughs> when they said at the end, and we're all over 30, I'm like, but how old are you all, <laughs> really? <laughs> In the bunker. It took me a while because the YouTube footage is so grainy mm. to uh, realize that they were all playing themselves as teenagers. As teenagers. Yeah. It also took me quite a while to realize that, like, that was a flashback because uh-huh. they all looked very old and not like Riverdale old, like adult men who have children. My favorite is that Archie and Jughead are in the locker room and they have like a bunch of really strapping guys walking around next to them, but their shirts are not coming off and they're like, <laughs> they're like standing far away from all of those people. Be like, yeah, we're all the same age. Don't get too close. They can't see through the illusion. Well, should we like, should we explain the plot of this movie before we go into the nitty gritty? Because, wow, is there no plot? Yes. Yeah, we should talk about the plot. It definitely feels like it was designed to potentially be shown in like as three or four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like a big backdoor pilot, like an hour and a half. Yeah, I think I think this is something that would have presented as a movie premiere for a series. I believe, it, yes, it was NBC, so it's not CBS, it's NBC Sunday Night at the Movies, which, they're, hey, the networks are bringing back because they have nothing else to air. Sunday Night at the Movies. Okay, so the plot is that it's like, it's the 15-year high school reunion, which is an odd number to pick. Archie's a lawyer who's about to leave town. Veronica's been living in Paris. Betty's a school teacher who wants to be a writer uh, and is also dating a lawyer, and Jughead is pathetic uh, and a neurotic psych- psychiatrist or therapist. And divorced. And divorced with a You never learn who his wife was. Right. No, we don't get into... Oh, right. Oh, God, we got to talk about the Ethel thing in this also. Yes. I hate women. Um, this movie does not love women. It's uh, not. Veronica is prime sexy lamp in this. Yeah. I mean, uh, sexy is such a strong term. <laughs> not that they're not attractive people, but like nothing that anyone did in this movie was attractive to Actually, me. The actress playing Veronica uh, was a, uh, I believe, a model. That makes sense. Uh, she has been retired for 25 years. Hmm. Karen Copen. I was wondering, have either of you read any of um, uh, Life with Archie, The Married Life? Mm-mm. So... It seems to definitely have taken a cue from this. It, everyone comes back to Riverdale older, but each issue has two timelines. A uh-huh. timeline where Archie is married to Betty and a timeline where Archie is married to Veronica. Wait, is Archie sliding doors, the comic? Basically, sliding doors, kind of, I guess. Uh, you, the pride, I mean, the famous... Or, or Awake, the, uh, that, that other show that I liked. But the famous thing, the thing that everyone knows from that comic, I think, is the final issue where Archie gets shot and killed trying to protect Kevin, who I believe is running yeah. for president. I heard they killed Archie. So essentially it was uh, the, that whole series was essentially its own closed loop. Uh, like in both timelines still Archie gets shot and dies. Oh Jesus. It's a full finished series at least. This oh, movie is not as interesting as what you just described this comic to be as. Right. I mean this, the comic right. does not have wrapping Jughead. 
So oh my Archie, god, I wanted to die. <laughs> in the bunker. In this movie, Archie's like about to move out of town after this reunion weekend. He sends his fiance off ahead of him, off ahead of him, and like Veronica's coming in intending to win Archie back, right? Veronica has nothing else going on. Yeah, Veronica's kind of pathetic in this movie, also. They <laughs> imagine if you are Veronica or Betty fifteen years down the line, and you're still interested in this like sad white man, <laughs> like who hasn't left his hometown. Who is engaged to like a woman who is like the caricature of horrible, and yeah, uh, all but you also, want? But also, Hiram, as like an old man, is now picking up this guy in his thirties and is like threatening him not to talk to his daughter. No, is this the first time Hiram is like this evil? Was he ever this evil in the comics? Don't I don't I don't know. I've only read the more modern comics where he's been a bit more, I guess, evil. I think that this is a pretty common thing in the comics that he does not think Veronica is good enough for, or vice versa. He doesn't think Archie is good enough for Veronica. Does he ever try to murder Archie in the comics? You know, oh, probably not. I feel no. like no, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Sound off in the it's, comments. It's friends. a mystery. <laughs> Tell us. How uh, Reggie like buys pops. So Archie goes to bat for it in a, in a, in an illegal matter. And like everyone's like, no, this is business. Like this is fine. They can, he'll move. It's okay. And he's like, no, it's an institution. My memories. So it's really just a midlife crisis for these four people, where they save Pops, and then Hiram almost blows it up, and instead they blow up Reggie's gym. Yes, uh, I will say Reggie has maybe the best character establishing moment in the whole movie which is just the image of him with a standee of himself at his gym fantastic i love like, that shot when you see any anyone who has a standee of themselves that's all i don't you think that's know. that weird guys. he reminds me viscerally Caitlin, do you of, have a of, of, of white goodman from dodgeball i would get a standee of myself if it was possible <laughs> <laughs> you know what i believe that though Okay, so I don't know if this was a thing in your hometowns, but in my hometown, if you had, like, a bar or bat mitzvah, you would take home, like, um, the centerpieces and, like, the cardboard cutouts and stuff like that. And so, like, all my friends would have, like, these cardboard cutouts of themselves that they, like, kept in the garage because, like, they didn't want to throw out their, like, their, like, decorations. And so that's what I imagine now. Like, I actually, like, I did not have one obviously i am not jewish so they don't let me have one but um, i but, did not have a standee of myself in my bar mitzvah yeah, what are you talking up. about wait guys i'm sorry is this like a long island thing it's at it's, least an upper class it's definitely not a not a central jersey thing i i refuse to believe that, that everyone had Stand standy cardboard cutouts of themselves in your hometown. I mean, yeah, I believe that everyone home. My family, every member of it, would find that incredibly weird. Well, it was like you know to welcome in guys. Now I'm like, where did I grow up? It's like to welcome in. You know, it's like you know you would have a cardboard cutout of yourself at like your sweet sixteen. No, no, like like it would be like a thing. <laughs> I will say you just reminded me of I went to a Sweet 16 where 
um, the birthday girl, there had there were M and M's with her face on all of them. Right, that's normal. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> you can get a face individually printed on all the M and M's. I've never seen a face individually printed on an M and M though. I've only seen like initials or like cute phrases, and I have always wanted that. But I think it's just because I wanted M and M's whenever I thought about yeah, that. You just want M and M's. You're paying You're like, like three also times more for M and M's. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't even matter what those M&Ms say. I'm going to eat them. <laughs> say really terrible things about me. It could be, have printed all of my worst flaws. <laughs> John, I have a birthday idea for Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. I think I know I what to die. get you. I honestly, yes, yes. Figure it out, guys. Make it happen. In the bunker. Guys, this no one's going to a very weird intersection for me. First of all, the writer wrote on JAG, which NCIS is a spinoff of JAG. Then they shot the whole thing on clearly the Warner Brothers lot. A lot that I know like the back of my hand because I was a tour guide there. So like the whole time I'm like, oh, that's where they were. Okay. The, no, they were right next to that other place. And oh, they turned that into that thing. But then at the same time, I... For some reason, I was really attracted to the woman playing Betty in this movie. I cannot explain why. Uh, hey, that upsets me. <laughs> okay. But I, but I looked her up. Her name is Lauren Holly, and she was also on NCIS. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I've seen pictures of her around the office all the time and did not connect those dots. I would have loved it if she was on NCIS now. <laughs> and, like, She's my coworker. <laughs> So she's actually the other office PA. <laughs> she's a little old. Um, yeah, she's been on it. Actually, 2015, that wasn't that long ago. Jenny Shepard. Yeah, actually, weird. Seven episodes. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, Riverdale Connection. She is in The Black Coat's Daughter with Kiernan Shipka. Yes. Sabrina. Oh, cool. That movie is interesting. It is. She did that right after she left NCIS. Oh, like. here's another thing. Did anyone else notice? I'm pretty sure Pop Tate in this movie is also the man with an alien in his head from Men in Black. I that don't. sounds right. He's, uh, so he's Mike Nussbaum, and he's mostly like a David Mamet regular. He's in a lot uh, of Mamet films and also... So this is like the same as that. Yes, oh, this is absolutely <laughs> the same as Glengarry Glen Ross. This guy playing Archie, Christopher Rich, is clearly a sitcom guy, right? He um, was recurring on Murphy Brown for a while, and then he was one of the leads on Reba. Because his whole performance reads as sitcom dad, the entire movie. Would you ever, ever find this man, I'm not, zero comment on his looks, but like his personality is so fucking off-putting. Three women are falling over each other to get to this thoroughly average man. Like average, but like leaning towards terrible. Like, <laughs> like right? Like, am I crazy? Like, Definitely below average. Also, I have my second question, and I this is just okay. So Archie stayed in Riverdale, right? Was but going now he's to, leaving at thirty three, but, but looking like forty two. <laughs> but was going to leave. Was going to leave Riverdale, right? To For move New to York? the big city. The well, city. They, just they say, are never specific. <laughs> the oh. big city, um, but but Pam seems to hate Riverdale. But it's like she's never been there, but they live there, right? Am I wrong? Did yeah. I miss something? <laughs> Both the fiancés have weird, like, un, um, kind of 
unsure relationships to Riverdale. Um, right. Like, the way. Betty's fiance, who is like, he's, I actually recognize that actor. Like, that guy's, that yes. guy's still around. He's doing stuff. Do you remember he is very familiar. how Betty met her, her boyfriend slash fiance, whichever? Yes. Day? They were in a, um, a museum and she was looking at a Picasso and he was looking at her. And then now, he walked up to her and said, Hey, what are you doing for the rest of your life? What museum near Riverdale, presumably near Riverdale, <laughs> would have a Picasso? That's I was, also yes. I was, that's I was like, I did I did the research. I was like, where are Picasso's in the world? I, I will find where Riverdale is. Wow, I the will. Odyssey first edition. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, similar vibes. In the bunker. Oh man, do you guys want to hear something really sad, really quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, so the guy who plays Jughead looks so familiar, right? I was like, okay, like, what's where's oh, no. his deal? It, you found out when he died, didn't you? Yeah, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, did he die in a sad way? I don't know. I actually uh, did not. Look, I do know he was in The Rock. Yeah, he was in The Rock. He's in a lot of things, but then suddenly it stopped, and I was like, oh, what happened? And it's because he is not alive. <laughs> because he is. Yeah. So, I was like, why does he have any credits after two thousand two? That's weird. Okay, it would have actually. It would have been weirder if he. Uh, if he did have credits after he died, but that's so sad. That's so upsetting. Give me one yeah, second. Yeah, he passed from cancer. He was easily the best part of this movie, so this makes me upset. Another interesting note on the cast: uh, the actor playing Reggie, Gary Kroger, um, has kind of two weird periods of his career. First, he was on SNL in the early '80s, kind of that weird period without Lauren Michaels. Okay. But then he got into politics. And tried oh. to run for the Iowa House of Representatives in 2016. Okay. It was not successful. Well, I mean, I mean, he was on, I mean, hey, the Celebrity Apprentice. Also, anyway, was, <laughs> wasn't there a senator who was on SNL? Al Franken? Al Franken. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Al Franken was an SNL writer. I know very little about SNL history, but it is pretty fascinating. It is really I interesting. Mean, he was on 56 episodes of SNL. That's like a significant... It's he was three, three seasons, years. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Yeah, he and Conan yeah. rode on the show together. That's really fascinating. And I think that's the year after they fired everyone that he came in. I think He's, 81 is the infamous SNL season. He like, was on at the same time as Robert Downey Jr. for a year. Oh, right. That happened. Matt McCoy is the guy who plays um, Betty's boyfriend, Robert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been on a million things, but... I'm trying to think of where I personally recognized him from. He was on Silicon Valley, so maybe that's that, where. That was also mine. Yeah, I did recognize him from Silicon Valley. But I kind of thought that he would have been in more things because he feels so familiar to me, like one movie or something that I like really know, you know. But no, I can't. I can't really think of anything. I he, still think Jughead easily takes the cake, but yeah, he was but second. He's so depressing. <laughs> Yes, but that's I mean, what I like. Okay, so Jughead's problem in this movie is that he's scared to talk to girls, uh, despite having a son. And <laughs> yeah, he, that's what binds him with his son is finding out that his son is who is a nightmare and like hangs out with Moose's kid for the for the sole purpose of fucking with Archie. He finds out his son is also scared of talking to girls and solves this by having like a group dance sesh. In the town square, like like in the town park, and then he spends the whole movie scared that 
Fat Cheryl, or Fat, sorry, Fat Ethel, Big Ethel, Big Ethel. is going to talk to him because he's she's just so ugly, uh, even though she likes him so much. And then when he finally goes to see her, it turns out she's a supermodel. Yeah, that and now is what I was. All of his problems are solved. <laughs> That's the point where I was like, you actually don't hate women, you hate ugly and fat women. And that is when I decide Jughead is maybe not the savior of the film. Yeah. But. Like, that was not good. The super skinny Ethel is like, she walks out wearing a bikini and she's like, this is so random. I was just about to go in the hot tub. Do you want to join me? Also, he's with his son at this point. Who he's, is who also interesting. I felt very bad about that. But other than that, I thought Jughead did an A-plus job in this film. <laughs> Jughead was the only character that I was like, yeah, I want good things for you. Even if it's misogynistic. I guess, uh, but he's also like, like, when Archie is like, I don't know. I think I still have feelings for Betty and Veronica. He's like, yeah, you definitely do. This is your midlife crisis. You should date Betty or Veronica. I can't believe he still hasn't picked Betty or Veronica. Except I can. Obviously. Right. The flashback story that he can't choose between them for prom, so he gets neither of them as a way of just delaying it so that they can just come back as adults with the same dynamic as, as the comic book. Oh, can we I, talk about the weird uh, backstory with uh, Archie and Betty the night they got a hotel room? Right, right, okay, room. okay. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. <laughs> they're, they're, they talk about, like, being in the park, and she's like, but we didn't. And he's like, we did. And she's like, you mean? And they never say it, but I think we, you know, as fans of the show, can definitely fill in the blanks that that is the night they buried a body together. <laughs> right, 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 They didn't course. kill a man, but they did they, bury a body. <laughs> Question, because not that you guys are experts on the comics necessarily, (laughs) but Archie and Betty, are they, do they like ever actually enter into like a real relationship? Or I I thought he dated both of them in the books, but honestly, the old books are like, they like, like it's, it's a different time where every issue could be your first issue. There's no ongoing narrative. So he never like go on a date with one of them. But like, like, did they ever? Yeah, you're going to the movies with Betty. Uh. And Betty Betty was this kind of boringly sweet girl. And Veronica was this boringly spunky girl. And that was like the entire personality. Like this isn't, this, this is pretty an adaptation of how these characters act. It's just such a bummer when they're in their thirties. Yes, that's true. You can be like these characters when you're a teenager and like, who gives a shit? But like, you guys are adults. Veronica's been married 12 times. You all went to college and these are your personalities? (laughs) I mean, Betty definitely needs therapy. I mean, Veronica does too and they all collectively do. But like, Betty, like what (laughs) self-esteem issues is she dealing with? Right. Like, she could murder everyone. Like, I get the sense that like, there's an inner dark Betty raging inside of this character. Same, same, but different. Yeah, our intro to her is, um, as, like, class lets out for the summer, she sadly says, try and remember Miss Cooper to the kids. It made me want to cry. It did. (laughs) I didn't feel anything, but I was like, Jesus. Imagine (laughs) wanting the attention of a child that badly that's not your child. Right, like, nobody likes this woman. It's so upsetting. (laughs) And she's John's favorite. How could they not like her? I was just, I thought, I don't know. She's pretty. I don't know what to say. She is pretty. They're all pretty. Yeah. Archie's pretty, but he's not dumb here. 
which I think is fine, but he's worse than dumb. Like he is, um, he is like calculating and awful and like pretends. Oh, oh, you mean like that scene where he locks two women in different rooms away from each other? (laughs) Instead of just being like a mature adult and being like, look, I'm engaged, but I still want to have sex with the girls I didn't get to have sex with in high school. He locks one of them in the shower. And But then he also, like, he does have a mature scene where he talks Veronica in lingerie down from a sexual encounter. After she breaks into his home. Yeah, after she breaks into his home. That is also witnessed by two children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, they do the Animal House thing, looking in from the ladder. I hate that. What a different <laughs> I, time. I can't, I, I truly can't believe, I... I enjoy Midge and Moose as chiropractors who are like weirdly all over this movie. But the fact that their kid is introduced just so that there would be another child to help Jughead's terrible son feels weird to me. I've never wanted more children in a movie. Mm -hmm. Do you know who the actress plays Midge is? No. Uh, Debbie Derryberry, who is a huge voice actress, like, hundreds of IMDb credits, uh, but you would probably know her best for being the voice of Jimmy Neutron. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Jimmy Neutron, she's Coco Bandicoot, she's in a bunch of Studio Ghibli dubs. What was your favorite part of the movie? I know it's hard to pick just once. (laughs) When When they brought up the existence of the Archies, that moment I was like, shit, now I'm gonna have to explain the Archies to Caitlin. And then lo no, and behold, a band. the following episode of Riverdale also featured the Archies. And I was like, oh, nice. This actually solves a lot of my problems. Well, the thing that I think is really interesting is that for some reason, so the, the Hedwig episode, the musical episode of uh, Riverdale, I watched this back to back, basically. Um, and there is actually quite a lot of similarities. Like, I feel like we kind of go back a little bit in the Hedwig episode to some of the earlier dynamics of the show. And so it was kind of nice to like watch that and then to finish uh, to Riverdale and back again, because it felt like, oh, like this is an entirely different, like, you know, you got a little bit of like the Hiram nonsense and you get like a lot of the love triangle stuff that we really put on the back burner for so long. Um, Weirdly, on Riverdale. My thoughts on to Riverdale and back again is that this plot isn't not an episode of Riverdale. Like they right, have done save pops before. There would just be a bit more violence and sexuality in, but there in an is episode a bomb. of Riverdale. There is I mean, a bomb. there's a there's a, there bomb. Is a bomb. And they say the phrase that's a bomb about ten times. <laughs> yeah, Reggie says, it again and again will make it funnier. Yeah, Reggie keeps asks if it's a bomb, I think seven times. Like, a bomb? Think, there's a bomb where? A bomb on my front step? That bomb over there in front of my building? Is that a bomb? And then it explodes. I honestly thought that was very funny. That, that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> no, I kind of want to see Riverdale Hiram try the bomb plan. Have they not done a bomb? No, they've done a bomb, right? Have they done a bomb? I is feel bomb? like they have. Is that a bomb? Is it? Bomb? <laughs> bomb, bomb, bomb. Bomb, 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 bomb. I enjoyed the kids in movie? the leather jackets who worked at Pops. Doing yes. their civic duty and going to the trial. I um, <laughs> I like that they, at the end, they shake Archie's hand and they say, we've even washed it. And then that triggered a which, lot of shit for me. Which is yeah. important for, for, for a post-COVID world, you know? They, they Very care. Very upsetting. 
very upset. I was like, oh, how dare you even joke about that? <laughs> like, but but it's okay. We're good. We're doing fine. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't hate it. I was just like, wow. I don't think I could watch this as a series. It's a it's oh, a it's a no. fun little like thing that like oh that's fun that that exists. Yeah, this um this movie I think is best watched in tiny little clips on Twitter. Like you just watch the Jughead <laughs> rapping and that is it. No, no, no. The Quibi, the, make this a Quibi series. <laughs> what if in. you just b- break up every this whole thing into ten minute like segments and it's the new Quibi show the, and see if anyone notices the Jughead breakdancing scene was glaring to me. It ends with like him and his son walking off like speaking, speaking street, and that was the yeah, exact moment. Where that I'm like, was hey. There isn't a single black person in this town. That was yeah. actually quite bad. Um, that was quite bad. The like black scent thing that they attempt yeah. at the end. I was like, mm, no, 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 no. In the bunker. I'm kind of confused about the existence of the song "Sugar Sugar" in this universe. Right. Okay. Jughead claims he he made he sung it. It, like, it's his song. Which, so, um, the Archies were technically treated as yep. a real band. I have seen a record of theirs in a record store. Ooh, honey, honey. Sugar Sugar was a number one hit in the U.S. in real life. I love that song, Sugar Sugar. I, like, love it. And it's, so, it was, it technically was originated, not technically, it was originated by the Archies. But who like sings the, it? I'm not sure who, it is, oh, it's just a... The Archies were essentially like twenty studio musicians. That's so funny. So there's no like one person who's like the voice of like. But the but song. in this movie, the song "Sugar Sugar" is a known song that is popular that Jughead also wrote and performed with his high school band. Is the band not the Archies though? They are the Archies. Yes, and the Wilson Pickett cover plays over the opening credits. Do you guys like J- "Sugar Sugar" better or "Jingle Jangle"? I. Oh, right. They do sing the Jingle Jangle <laughs> song. I, I think Sugar Sugar has a better melody. <laughs> it kind of yeah. sticks around your head. That Jingle Jangle song, like, it's in one ear and out the other. It did not stay with me at all. Sugar Sugar was such a big hit that, like, everyone covered it in the 70s. There's a Bob Marley cover of Sugar Sugar. That's wild. It I is like it, a bop. Like, it is like a good tune. And it makes sense why the show did it in... What's weird is that in the show Riverdale, they do this song in, what, like, episode two? And, and, and Cheryl says that, like, the, the Pussycats don't normally do covers, but she convinced them to do this one. But isn't this a song that they could just claim the Pussycats wrote in the new show? Yeah, but also, like, who would write this song in 2018? Mm. Like, I also don't really remember them singing this song. Like, I... I think like, they even do you- it with a rap verse. Yeah, oh no! That. Yeah, yeah, they they turned it into more of a modern song with like mm. a little bit of that. I think. I love uh, how many songs in the Riverdale universe have like sugar or like milkshake or like dessert references that they sing. Right. Like, like is Cheryl just like the equivalent of human candy? What they're saying is like, don't do drugs, just eat candy. Right. I love candy. Oh my god, I'm so excited to have candy later. <laughs> Whatever it we is haven't guaranteed we're sending you those M and M's yet. Oh, guys, my birthday's June twenty third. If you need a present for me, 
can just be like normal M&Ms too. I honestly am not picky. It's hopefully, so cool. hopefully we people can see each other by then. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, if you can't have like a group thing for your birthday, are you gonna be all right? I. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. We're good. I'm honestly doing fine. I really am. That's um, that's- yeah. You know, when when you say it multiple times, I don't believe you as much. Yeah, no, I know. The thing I is, was... with Caitlin, if you just <laughs> stop talking, she will fill the silence at a, her, 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 like, in an ego will just go to war in front of you. <laughs> it's a good time being me. Yeah, no, it's a lot of time for them to do that. A lot of, a lot of inner fighting can be done. You know what I miss, guys? I miss the movies. I miss going to the movies. I was going to the movies like three times a week. It felt like when I was like when I was before the pandemic, I felt like I was seeing a movie like every two days. And my, oh, the my last, last movie trip I saw. The, my was last it, trip with, was with you. I was just going to say the same thing. I was like the last movie I saw. Thank God. Thank God we went and saw that movie because I love that movie and I love the Alamo Draft House and I love you and I'm just really happy that we had that memory before. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. It's fine. What movie was this? Emma. Emma? We saw Emma. I'm it was so glad good. the last movie I saw wasn't like Sonic or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. I think that was the last movie I saw in the <laughs> In the bunker. Oh, it's another entry in the man hangs out with mythical creature <laughs> Category. Like, I mean, James Marsden hangs out with <laughs> James Marsden and small animated thing in passenger seat. Like, <laughs> it's not a Sonic the, the Hedgehog movie. It's also Hop. Like, it's yeah. It's, he did you've the seen Easter this, movie. You've seen this actual movie before. You got Hop. You got him hanging out with the animated chipmunk in Enchanted. Right. Oh, right. so it's, cute it's, though. It's um, who in the chipmunks? Uh. Alvin, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my God, he's also in that movie. No, that's that's Jason Lake. No, I, I don't care if they're not James Marsden. They're all James Marsden. <laughs> Honestly, if you told me that was James Marsden, I would have one hundred percent believed you. <laughs> See, like I would have been like, yeah, I remember that for sure. Mm-hmm. Remember James Marsden was Cyclops? Yeah, not at all. Well, I think the thing about James Marsden is that when you do blot out his eyes, he's even more forgettable. Like, his oh, eyes man. are just, like, a little bit close together, and you're like, oh, that makes him, like, stand out in a crowd. And then once he's Cyclops, you're like, yeah, that's the most boring character in comics. Looks like that. That's perfect. I actually really like James Marsden, guys. <laughs> I don't want this to be a James Marsden bashing podcast. What if he listens? <laughs> so do I. I, so I, do I. Oh, no, I got no so issues with James Marsden. I just think, him. like, James Marsden op- operates in this exact area of, like, of like good looking but not too expensive yes that's so true he was actually in a show i really liked that was it 30 rock caitlin no no no. it was a new show it was mrs america on hulu oh is that oh yeah it's uh i really liked it in fact i liked it so much like usually what happens is i watch a movie or a tv show and i fall asleep um and i didn't really fall asleep until like the very very end and then Ian said, oh, I want to watch another episode. And I said, no, because then I'll fall asleep. And I like this show. So this is our show. We're going to watch it together. Wow. And I usually don't feel that way. So usually I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I care about my sleep. So, but I really liked it. So, 
So who does he play in that show? Oh man, is he Mrs. Like America. A, he is Mrs. America. He's not Mr. America, <laughs> if that's the question. He uh, he plays like a. I believe politician. Tim Heidecker is Mr. America. Oh, okay. it's very random. He um he is like a senator or some other type of politician that I don't know or remember, but he uh he like is kind of seedy and gross, and Kate Blanchett is like using uses him a little bit and he uh he sucks but so does she she also really sucks but like he sucks even compared to her who like baseline sucks it's great i love it speaking of things that suck this movie oh yeah it's not good i don't want to turn into wild and crazy kids for like five minutes with the bumper car sequence that was fun <laughs> That's right, i love a, a carnival bumper car sequence team bumper cars I, I don't quite know how the sport is played, but mostly no, it's just so everyone can flirt and also hit each other. I like I like going to carnivals, but I hate bumper cars. I think they're the worst. They smell really bad. Like they have this like terrible smell of like burning rubber, which is literally what it is. <laughs> um, so that's my least favorite thing about about that. Like I can't even really think about bumper cars without feeling slightly nauseous. Oh, but but what about the fun part where Benny openly flirts with Archie in front of her fiance? Yeah, I don't know. That's never happened to me because I'm not a sociopath like this. these movie characters are, but I don't think I would enjoy that either. Did you guys have another favorite part of the movie? Like, I like the part in the junkyard where they like find old things and they get really nostalgic because, I mean, they're very sad, but this is exactly what they're looking for at that moment. But I, I, that's the moment where I'm like, why aren't they finding Jughead's hat? This is clearly the moment where it's like, what's this with his son? And then Jughead's like, this is my hat. It's like, oh, it doesn't fit anymore. And then the son's like, it fits my head. And then like... Oh, man. Oh, I love that. I love that that didn't actually happen in the movie. But like, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I believe that that, that would have been the better plot. That is a major missed opportunity. Yeah. Can we just like there's a weird moment movie? where Jughead finds sock and is like, oh, this looks familiar. And yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what the fuck? What Are you talking about mean? masturbating into that sock? <laughs> In the junkyard? Uh, Like, they're they're weirdly, like, they all want to talk about sex, but they also, like, can't say anything, so they just talk around it constantly. It's like that movie Pleasantville. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, ironically, Pleasantville looked less like a studio lot than this movie, but... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this whole thing, I was like... The Warner Brothers lot. You, you know this town, lot. guys. This is Stars yeah. Hollow. This is exactly. This is, this, is, this is the Pretty Little Liars town. This the is the town from. This is the town from uh, Trial and Error. Oh my god! I didn't realize that was filmed there. I see That's this so- place all the time. I'm watching a Liberty Mutual ad where Limu Emu and Doug get, get labeled <laughs> as like heroes of the city and given the, the city key. And I'm like, well, that's that's Midwest Street. That's the Warner Brothers lot. It's so true. It isn't everything. I think the, the, the little, like, lake with the bridge might be the Disney Ranch. I was uh, wondering uh, where this was because it was so beautiful, this town. Like, the, just the greenery and, like, the lake and everything. And I was like, right. this is Warner Brothers great. Greens Department, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> lovely, truthfully. I mean, they're they're doing something right. They do good stuff, man. They work hard. That I house, wonder if... Uh, Archie's house is also, I think, in Friends. Like at one point. Oh really? Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. Funny. That's where that's where Monica and Ross grew up. Uh, so it's in Massapequa, which is on Long Island, which wow, is where I'm I from. I haven't lost any of this knowledge. I really thought I'd blocked a lot of this out. 
in the bunker. See Hiram's office uh, when he orders his, is it Smithers or his driver to follow Archie? It's his car. Hiram has a, Hiram has a big picture of Nixon. Oh God, I did not notice that. <laughs> now, I, I saw this and thought there were two possibilities. Number one, Hiram admires Nixon uh, so many years after he was removed from office. <laughs> the other possibility is Nixon is still in office and this takes place in the Watchmen universe. Oh my God. I mean, maybe. You never see them pumping gas in any of those cars and they don't talk about knobs, so it could go that way. Right. Uh, you know what? Be, I was like, after wait. After the squid fall, though, and there is never any squid fall in the, in the movie. I, mean, I realized that five I thought minutes they after were... the movie end, squid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they did talk about Vietnam, and then I realized, no, Caitlin, you just watched Mrs. America late last night, and you're just remembering that. <laughs> and they, because they talk about Vietnam a lot. Um, so yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Watchmen universe. That makes sense. Also, we right. weirdly haven't mentioned the. That's why they're all in Arrested Development. They select like kids because there was that trauma. Within oh the God. last 15 yeah. years of the squid destroying New York. Also, we really haven't mentioned the 15 minutes where this turns into a courtroom drama. Oh, yes. Right. Where there's no evidence at all presented other than no, Reggie actually has every right to do this. Yeah, all of Archie's testimony is just about emotion. Mm, yes. But I was a kid there. <laughs> I don't want this, though. And they're like, it could literally be the same shop, just at a different location. No, my memories are in that location. Really? Really the memories can't move? Right. Oh, it's not like it's not like they're going to kill Pop. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, Pop, I don't know. Not only that, Reggie offers to pay for all of Pop's moving fees. Yeah. Like, like he's going to like it's a it's a great deal for Pop. It's fantastic. I just like that Reggie clearly was always like sort of on the outs with this group of friends. And, like, desperately wanted to be, like, involved. And now he finally gets to be involved by, like, being the shittiest person alive. Well, we got to talk about that scene where he asks Archie to put in a good word for him with Veronica. And then Veronica just walks up and kisses Archie on the lips and then walks away. And then he's like, love dead, it. Archie. How have they never, like, considered a thruple situation with Veronica, Archie? I really thought that's Betty? where this one was going to end. <laughs> I thought the two girls were like, we don't want to make you choose. <laughs> Honestly, that would be amazing. Did did you two watch Lock and Key on Netflix? No, not yet. Anyway, the the main no. girl Kinsey has like two love interests across the season, and in the second to last episode, she she dead ass asks them if they would consider just sharing her. Do they say yes? No, they, one of them is like so offended he walks off. The other one never has time to answer. Oh God! Honestly, why not? You know, it's I, 2020. I would have been really into it. I would have been like, oh, that's, wow, that's different. Let's see what happens. What kind of drama comes from this? It's oh, my God, love. John. I cannot think about how actually dramatic that would be in real life, that I would have to listen to so many things about your thruple situation. And be like, yeah, I thought it was going really well, but then there were all these problems. I'd be like, really? Were there problems with the thruple situation that you that you <laughs> willingly entered into? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that they should try it. So 
Makes we'll for say. good television. Makes for good television. Mm-hmm. I mean, Riverdale, a lot of problems would be solved if the core four just became like a square, you know? Right. I mean, just, Archie just already kissed Kevin, so became maybe... like a group thing. Yeah. But I bet like, he and listen, Jughead would Jughead make out. Jughead won't be in a relationship that Kevin's also in. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish the relationships were a little more fluid on Riverdale. It's At a certain point in television, it's kind of boring when everyone's in a stable relationship. Oh, John does not feel that way. He I'm thinks glad they might be getting to a point where everyone is kissing different people. Yep. Yep. Also, that that's kind of like high school relationships move so fast that it honestly does feel like, oh, this week who's dating who? Like, what's going on? And then if you're 35, I guess 15 years after your high school graduation, you'd be 35, right? About? No, you'd be 33. 33. 33. Right. Wow. All yeah, these characters were supposed to be 33 years old. Um, we know we're 33 year olds. Uh, we are basically 33 year olds. Like, Jesus. Shut like, up. <laughs> <laughs> my, our youth is wasted now. Our youth is gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they are not that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. You guys are definitely not 33. Unless they are, and people of that era just looked old, and we didn't realize. I mean, we could do the math. I'm totally the guy playing Archie's in his 40s. This movie came out in 1990, right? I feel like the early 90s fashion also makes everyone look older. I mm-hmm. agree, but like, I don't actually think I, there are. They have to be okay. So he was born in 1958. The guy who plays, I'm just happy to be on his IMDb page. Uh, Betty's boyfriend. 32. 42. He was 30, 42, 42, right? Yeah. No, if it's 58. Oh, 90. fuck. Is he just, yikes. I feel bad. We're like talking about these people like they're so old that they're actually. Oh, right. the I, I went to 2000. That's my bad. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, sorry. Well, he's not. Wait, that character didn't even graduate with them. Right. He's, just, I would have assumed. His age was never be. confirmed. So let's see. Okay, let's see. Archie. Okay, he was born in, drumroll please, 1953. Okay, so he was five years older. So he's 38, right? 39. Yeah, they just all looked extremely old. I mean, that's still significant age gap, I guess. 38, not looking great. I know. It's not that they don't look great. It's just that they... uh, their style, I think, is so is so um, so different from ours well, that they look ancient. We haven't thought about how hard the production might have been trying to make them look older. Just to be yeah. like, this isn't your dad's rip, Archie. This is your dad. Very weird. Very weird. This is your dad now. Listen to your father. See, how old was Pop Tate? Oh, he was born in 1923. I think he's <laughs> What if it was alive. like, oh, he's 32. <laughs> he's 32. He's 18. Yeah, he just uh, looks old for his age. It Amazing. honestly took me a second to even realize he was Pop Tate, because all I could think is like, but Pop's black. What happened? And then I realized. What happened to Pop Tate? That was like, the change. Was No, no, no. Black. There's not a single person of color. Right. No, none. Literally it's- none. Definitely that Main Street USA version of Small Town America. Oh, Disney-fied? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, this idea of, oh, this is this is what my, like, Riverdale is so frozen in time, like Pops especially. The movie has such a weird relationship to 
nostalgia in the past where there's when the movie starts it, it's so sad how no one's changed but by the end it's like oh hey we're going back to the way things were this is great yeah everyone it, it's it actively supports midlife crises <laughs> crises in the bunker caitlin hey caitlin what yeah. are you watching um, I just watched Outer Banks on Netflix, and if you want like a show that just radiates <clears throat> summer vibes, watch that because it's so it's so just like um, possible to be enveloped in this world of the North Carolina Outer Banks when you watch it that the plot kind of doesn't really matter. You're just like, man, wouldn't it be nice to be outside right now and with friends and at the <laughs> beach? So that's why I enjoy it. What kind of show is it? It's a show about these teenagers. It's kind of like a Veronica Mars, the OC. Would you call them sexy teens? Oh, the sexiest. Um, The sexiest by far. But they are all like, um, it's like the rich kids versus the poor kids. And they basically there's this, uh, there was this treasure that they're searching for because one, it's like kind of complicated. One of their dads went missing and so they're searching for a treasure and a bunch of other stuff happens. But but really, you're there because being on a boat seems so fun right now. <sighs> That's all. This this sounds like a Stockholm show. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're I just did like, to... I just wish I could be this. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to watch it in like two days. But like, honestly, I enjoyed watching it in two days. It was fun. It was really fun. And like, it had kind of like um, a bit of a Goonies sort of vibe. It's like Goonies, Stranger Things, but teens, kind of Riverdale. It's just a nice time. And so like, it's Cats a sexy really teen nice. mystery show? It is. It is, but it's not like a murder mystery. There is like murder in it, which is obviously why I watched it. Mm-hmm. But it's really more about the treasure. You kidding? Um, this is this is your exact sweet spot. Yeah, I really enjoyed the beach. Them going to the beach, them being at the beach. I loved it. Hey, Caitlin, do you want to so go fun. to the beach sometime? <laughs> I don't think we can, John. <laughs> in the bunker. I have also been rewatching a ton of Community. Yeah, because it hit Netflix. Oh, well, it's funny. I was actually rewatching it on Hulu, and then it came to Netflix. So oh, that's weird. Continued on with it. Um, most of it holds up really well. I it's still one of my favorite sitcoms. Uh, I am yeah, I'm doing a lot of rewatching. I'm doing a Twin Peaks rewatch. Oh, I, you know what? Beth is doing that. Well, I I heard she's watching The Return, right? Yeah. I'm I'm starting from the beginning, whole thing, all three seasons. That still is... fairly early on in it, but. It is such a comfort show, which is weird for a series that is also horrifying at times. It is a show that at both that at times is both, yeah, comforting and in this perfect little sweet spot, and at times it is the most terrifying thing that has ever been on television. Feels like everyone who watched this show had like this huge amazing moment with the return, like they were so happy and 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 enjoyed it so much, and I and I can't be a part of that. The release of the return was one of the, was probably the best period on Twitter ever, <laughs> where just every week there were so many people who were like, "What does this mean? Like how? Like how are, how are we going to interpret this? What's going to happen next week? I can't believe this actor is back. That's amazing. What they did with this deceased actor, it and for 
they aired it over, I think, 16 weeks. And that summer, like, has not been matched by any piece of television except maybe the new Watchmen. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, and that's that whole argument for, like, weekly television, what it can do that binging can't, is create that kind of conversation, even when it's not on. Yeah, because with binge, yeah, with the Netflix shows, you never know when it's okay to talk about them. Or even after they're more than a month old, no one talks about it. Like, I, um, yeah. about a month ago, I finally watched all of The Haunting of Hill House. Um, and it is great show. It is maybe my favorite thing Netflix, like my favorite show Netflix has produced. But that's a beautiful show, I think. No one, no one talks about it. I mean, I talked about it. That's true. Or Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Did anyone watch it? I don't know. I but do. That, I don't. But, yeah. I don't like uh, watching that kind of a show. That makes me uncomfortable. Right. You don't puppets. like puppets. <laughs> don't love the puppets. Um, well, no, that's not true. I don't mind puppets. I don't like puppets that are scary. I like cute puppets. I don't like anything that's supposed to be kind of cute but scary. Does wow. that make sense? So now you're the final arbiter of what puppets are supposed to be? Well, now that pup, no, puppets like on Sesame Street are adorable and cute. Puppets on like, um, what's that show with the scary puppets? Oh, have you ever seen Nobody's, what's it called? Oh my God, it's so scary. No one's watching or something. It's like a web series. It's so fucking scary. I hate it so much. I don't know what this is, but honestly, if you knew what it was, I would probably watch it. No, no, no. It's like this web series that's kind of like a a Sesame Street parody, but like horrifying. Hold on. Is this Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. Oh, yes. Those are wonderful. Uh, I enjoyed those a lot. Honestly, any listeners who like fantasy and have not seen Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, I cannot recommend it more. It is the family-friendly Game of Thrones you didn't know you needed, but significantly better than that last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, no, it's really good. It is also very dark. So, like, like, like it is for the whole family, but prepare yourself. You're going to have to have some conversations. But it's the sort of thing I wish was around when I was, like, eight or nine because it respects its young audience, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I think a certain, or, like, even pre-teens, I think will really appreciate that there is this epic fantasy storytelling that is both appropriate and very yeah respectful of its of its audience i think it's got something for everyone honestly i think that one hits all four quadrants i really really want a second season i don't think it's my quadrant all the quadrants but kate except for me i'm i'm kind of in a circle outside the quadrants. i'm I'm sorry (laughs) puppets aren't sexy enough for you there is like a romance (laughs) subplot but uh, just mm, uh. I also want to mention um, I don't know if you've played it John I started Death Stranding oh I've been playing Death Stranding yeah I, I really enjoy the fiction of a post-apocalyptic society where delivery men are the last uh, are the last things keeping us all going as they bring nope. needed supplies to our compounds uh, nope. separated by great distances from each other Nope. I'm I'm like, is this a little, is this a little too real? (laughs) Too real. I, I've not played it. I am telling you now. You know what though? I'm as a, as a gamer, I'm very tired of like shooters or or all the action games and to have a game where the main component is driving and like dodging around invisible monster things in time rain. I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. This is very different. I don't play games like this a lot. And it does that thing. I love so much where it's, it's pretty goofy, but it's, achingly sincere right. this like 
no matter what, no matter how many a character shows up and says, hi, I'm dead man. I'm familiar with the dead. Um, the game is. You mean, you so mean dead man, uh, heart man, and die hard man. Oh, I mean, the one of the first lines of the game, Leia Seydoux shows up and is like, hello, I'm fragile. Right. But the game is so sincere and uh, not subtle at all, but with like human connection, human connection. And it's really uh-huh. sweet. In the bunker. I got Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it's it's one of the best things I've ever played. I'm um, right trying off. to hold off until it goes down in price. You and I And I respect that. Uh, I will say, though, it's like as much of a remake of the original game, which I think came out in like 96, as the TV show Westworld is a remake of that movie. Like they've expanded everything in this. Uh, The characters are deeper. The the action like this, the, the combat gameplay in this is unlike anything I've ever played before. And I love it so much and I want to master it. And I've never I've never had that kind of I don't I really have that kind of drive in video games to like want to work for something. I did a series of of, of little mini missions and was awarded with a character moment, which means more to me than like you get this upgrade would. They also give you a physical thing, but I'm like, oh cool, now I'm closer with this friend of mine. That's really nice. But yeah, I'm ha- I like I'm I'm pouring oh, <laughs> I'm I'm greatly enjoying this video game while I can't go outside. Yeah, I'm, at some point I'm going to end up playing that. And then the four sequels that will take 20 years to come out. Hey, fuck, maybe I'll play it too. What else am I doing? Mm. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm actually kind of busy because I'm still working. Thank God, honestly. But um, hopefully that continues to be a thing. In the bunker. Caitlin, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. You can find our uh, podcast on Instagram at the Riverdale Register Podcast. We don't oh, update yeah. it that much. I saw the stuff you posted while I was away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good quality shit, but mm-hmm. like, we could update it more, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, tweet at us. John's back on Twitter. John, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter uh, at John Padden. You can follow, also find me on my blog, Capturing the Rye. Rye spelled W-R-Y. Good pun. Jacob, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Jeberminator. That's J-E-B-E-R-M-A-N-T-O-R. I tweet a lot. About <laughs> extremely random things. You, you never know what I'll tweet about next. If you've never experienced film Twitter before, you will. Film like Twitter to, and, and weird Twitter. You went on a, you got a little viral over yes. that elf tweet. I've had, to turn <laughs> off, I've had to turn off my notification. Yes, after... After so many ALF jokes, finally one of them hit. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Amazing. But well, I, guys. Well, I will tell you what I'm watching. I give recommendations all the time. Follow me. I enjoy his Twitter presence. Yay. Yeah, you're so, good at Twitter. You are. You are really good at Twitter. Thank you. Amazing. Well, guys, uh, thanks for hanging out with us in the bunker. Over and out, River Vixens. <laughs>